Hello and welcome to your guide to the good stuff. I'm your host, Jim Graber. Life is too short not to enjoy every moment of it, so we're going to share with you the tips, tricks, tools, and strategies to help make your day-to-day life easier and more enjoyable. Plus, we're going to help you create those special moments, the ones that lead to lifetime memories, all without breaking the bank, because you deserve it. Hello and welcome to today's episode, The Non-Opening Gate. When I conceived the idea for this podcast, I wanted to share with you all the great things in life, but I also was not going to sugarcoat anything. But I was not going to just set nitpick things. I'm not interested in finding the negative in everything and reporting that to you. Because in life, you find what you're looking for. But occasionally, something comes up that is too bad to ignore. And especially if a company represents themselves with exaggerated claims. If that happens, I'm going to have to tell you about it. And today is one of those episodes. So let me give you a little background information. We live on four acres. There's a hundred acres behind us. One neighbor behind us, four football fields back and a little east. And then a string of four houses directly east, with the closest being a couple hundred feet from us. Each house sets on an acre or two, so it's a rural neighborhood of sorts. There's no one to the west and no one to the north. And when we first moved in, we had two chocolate labs that loved to roam. Our first house was a small house in a little town, and our backyard had a chain-link fence. As puppies, the labs stayed in the house at night with us because they weren't potty trained, though. When we went off to work, we'd put them in the backyard. Now, if you've ever had a puppy, and especially a lab puppy, you know how much they chew. They ate the latticework off the deck. They chewed shrubs. They chewed off the garden hose, flush with the faucet. They even chewed through the pull rope on my push mower. They seemed to be insatiable. It was a little bit annoying, but of course it's part of having puppies. Now, at some point they got bored and started jumping the chain link fence to wander around town. I was blown away they could jump it. Local animal control would collect them and bring them home because they had collars with dog tags telling where they lived. Animal control told us they would give us a ticket if we didn't keep them in the yard after about the third or fourth breakout. Now, at the time, we just put in an offer on the house we live in now and knew the dogs would have plenty of room to roam. We needed a temporary solution to keep them contained for a few weeks. So we bought the stake in the ground with the steel cable to hook up to their collar so they would still have room to move around but not escape the yard. It took them about three days of constant chewing until they finally broke through the cable and then of course they jumped the fence and wandered the town. Now I tell you all this to show you how these two liked to roam and when we arrived in our new home I decided I needed to put up an invisible fence the kind with the wire buried in the ground so it could be a big space. I was out starting to dig a trench when the neighbor behind us stopped by to see what I was doing. I told him about the fence to keep the dogs in. He told me as long as they don't chase cows, no one around here cares about wandering dogs. So I immediately stopped working on the fence and let the dogs free. Well, they were gone for two days. We drove around the entire area looking for them, calling their names, no luck. The kids and my wife were really mad at me for losing our dogs. But by the third day, when we got home, we found them in the garage, sound asleep on a futon mattress we hadn't moved into the house yet. 
That mattress became their mattress, by the way. They slept for almost a whole day. I think they scratched and sniffed everything in the county. They were exhausted. But they never lost the need to continue to roam. When we would get home, they'd be on the front porch as if they'd been home all day. But if one of us got home early, they were nowhere to be found. And then about 10 minutes before your normal arrival home, they'd come wandering back to the house and plop down on the front porch, acting like they'd been there the whole time. In the summer, they go to a creek a half a mile away and take a swim and come home all wet. We had those two wonderful dogs for 15 years. Then we got two black labs. And we got new neighbors in the house directly to the east. And these people were not dog people. In fact, the dogs terrified them even if they were going over just to play. I had the neighbor knocking on my door many times to complain about the dogs and I realized I needed to put in the invisible fence with the collars. It was a super pain to install and after a year it started to get breaks. So much so I had to eventually move to the radio control version but that significantly reduced the range the dogs could go and I wanted to build a fence. But the south and west of our property along that 100 acres simply have barbed wire fences. And, of course, a dog can go right through those, and I didn't see much sense in putting up a fence on the other two sides. But then two years ago, that 100 acres was sold, and the new owner installed a 5-foot-tall horse fence. Now, horse fence is metal fencing with small rectangles. They're small enough rabbits can't even go through them. Why it's 5-foot tall, I don't know. Seems a little overkill. But, since I hated the dogs having to wear the collars... And, of course, if the battery in the collar died, you knew it instantly because the dogs knew it and went right over to the neighbor's house. So we had a horse fence installed on the two remaining sides of our property back in April. Four foot tall, but still effective. We had a really dry spring, so it was easy for the guy to install it. And we ordered a gate for the driveway, which took about six weeks to arrive for some reason. And I got two gates to span the driveway opening. I wanted a wide opening to get delivery trucks, gravel dump trucks, trailers, etc. in with ease. And I didn't want to manually open the gate every time to get in. As you know, I like convenience. Now, all of our garage doors have Ryobi garage door openers because they were one of the early Wi-Fi enabled units. I got them on sale one fall, and it turned out they were on sale because they were closing them out. Ryobi had been sued for patent infringement on how the mechanism worked in order to stop making them, which I thought's crazy because nobody has the box like they do because they have a place you can plug in an 18-volt battery as a backup if the power gives out a speaker, a fan, a bunch of accessories. But I didn't talk about them in the Ryobi episode because you can't get them. Well, I wanted that same convenience with our gate opener, so I looked around for a while and I found the Mighty Mule gate opener that claimed the Wi-Fi unit that you plug into the wall in your garage will operate a gate up to a half a mile away. And you could get a solar panel and battery system to power it and not have to worry about the power going out. I thought it was going to be absolutely perfect. Now, the first problem was the kit, kit came with clamps to go on a chain link fence, so they were rounded clamps. My posts are big square posts, as well as my gate is made up of square metal. It's more of a wrought iron look. 
So I had to buy a set of bolts to even mount the unit. The instructions seemed reasonable, and after everything was installed, then it got into programming the controller that sets on the fence by the gate. And this is where it all started to fall apart. The circuit board has three buttons you have to push in various combinations to control everything. There are three LEDs that help indicate various settings along with the beeps. Now, it might first appear, wow, that's clever engineering, but in reality, it's a shortcut to downsize the board. You have a $600 system that could add just a couple more buttons to separate out the controls and make them simple, and I, and I think they needed to save the 10 cents. I got the gates to operate finally and set the limits. Then it got even worse when I was trying to program the optional Wi-Fi module. The instruction book for this was pretty small and pretty sketch, but a module plugs directly into the controller circuit board, and it wasn't very clear on the drawing, but I figured that out. Then you have to download an app to your phone as part of the setup to run the whole thing. I downloaded the app on my iPhone, and the first thing it did was ask me if I wanted to set up fingerprint ID to open the app versus having to use a login and password. Well, iPhones went to face recognition in 2017. That was six years ago, which means Mighty Mule that made the initial app then put zero effort into maintaining it. Well, we made it. Forget about it. In fact, the latest software update shows the last update was in 2019. Now, that's just the beginning of how lethargic this company is. I got the plug-in router synced up with our house Wi-Fi. Then, no matter how I tried, I could not get the router to sync with the gate controller. The two are only 50 feet apart, nowhere near half a mile. It should have been easy. And as I mentioned before, the plug-in router plugs into the garage... Uh, into a garage outlet and you hang it on the wall and there are three settings for signal strength and you have to change the setting on the indoor router with the app but the controller takes pushing two buttons and waiting for a particular beep and then moving up and down according to what the LEDs say to pick the low medium and high power and I couldn't get that part to work to save my life so finally I had to call customer service that's like a guy having to stop and ask for directions. I hate that part. But they walked me through the process on the power setting and did it over the phone, which was sketchy at best. And it was so difficult, the customer service rep considered that I might need a new controller, as if this has happened before. But we finally figured out that it was the antenna. The antennas that screw into the router and the controller on the gate are a coaxial type connection. Both antenna were missing the small solid wire in the middle. Apparently, this is a known manufacturing issue for them. He figured it out pretty quickly, and he promised to send me new ones when available. Well, that was six months ago. I haven't heard a word from them. And I wonder how long they've known about this manufacturing issue and just continue to ship controllers and sell them. Customer rep certainly knew about it. I happened to have spare cable TV wire and a splicing kit. Back when we were running cable, I could put it in any room myself. So I pulled some of the center wire from one of the spare cables I had and installed it in the antenna, hoping I could get new ones later. Luckily for me, it worked, and it still took me several tries to get the power setting on the gate controller to match the power setting on the router in the garage.
And after all that, the connection seemed fragile for several weeks. I can't tell you how many times I've had to get out of my vehicle and work the control pad, which is another option, that I luckily bought to open the gate. You punch in a code that you set and hit the open button. The app also claims to show you the status of the gate. It does, but it's not on the home screen. When you open the home screen, and I'm putting a picture up on the website, or you'll get it in our email, there's a generic picture of a gate across the top of the screen that you can replace with your own picture if you want to upload it, as if you'll forget what your gate looks like and why you even need that, I don't know. Then there's a circle button to push that has a little gate picture inside of it, and that opens the gate. The creator of this app was pretty lazy. If you hit the word gate, you go to a second screen that gives all the details like my Ryobi garage door app does that shows power, percentage of the gate is opened or closed, that kind of stuff, and the settings for the Wi-Fi. But it's crazy that you have to go to a second screen. Many times it showed there's an obstacle and you have to clear the obstacle at first, but there's nothing there. And you have to cycle from the keypad to get it to move, but there's nothing in the instructions about how to handle this. There's nothing in the instructions about going to a second page to get the data. There's nothing. We recently had a couple cloudy days and the battery ran out. The gate opener just went into a continuous beep and I had to shut it off. When you go into the troubleshooting section, they suggest using a deep cycle marine car battery and wiring around the factory battery. Now that's ridiculous. All you have to do is wire the batteries in series. The factory batteries, which is part of the reason I bought the extra, is they come with a compact box that fits under the controller. It's a nice, clean setup. How could you miss an opportunity to keep it a clean setup using another box with two batteries and simply explaining how to wire it in? Now, the powered arms work fine. The controller is a considerable mess with only three buttons. It feels like you're using DOS well before Windows came out. The app is clunky, unreliable, and absolutely zero explanation about it. Bragging about the half a mile range, I imagined it would be rock solid for my 50 feet, but it's kind of a pain. A $600 gate opener, and by the way, that's just the gate opener. That doesn't include the batteries, the Wi-Fi module, or the keypad. You're going to wrap up between $800 and $1,000 for the whole system. And I bought all the extras. I also bought a gate lock that I'm hesitant to use because I'm afraid the thing's going to crap out on me and I won't be able to open the gate at all. But I have far too much invested in this system simply to switch to something else. But I regret this purchase. You could have no opener, save $1,000 and manually open the gate like you're going to end up doing it with this system anyway. I bought this opener for the convenience and got the exact opposite. I'm going to have to modify the entire thing to make it work. I'm going to show you pictures again on the website and in the email if you've signed up showing the home page and the secondary page that tries to fulfill the promise of what this app is supposed to do. So the app fails by not giving you the very info they touted on the home screen, plus it's not been updated to the modern iPhone. 
customer service fails with the known issue of faulty antenna being shipped. Six months later, no replacement parts, no feedback. This really feels like a company that just wanted to make some money with zero concern about the impact on the consumer. They claim to have sold hundreds of thousands of gate openers worldwide, which if they've sold that much, they should have the money to make the app right and to make a much better control box, but I think they're just collecting checks. We're always interested to hear what you think. Please go to our website, yourguidetothegoodstuff.com, and leave us feedback. That's Y-O-U-R, guidetothegoodstuff.com. You can also reach out at our email, yourguidetothegoodstuff at gmail.com. New episodes are released every Monday and can be found wherever you get your podcast. As an added benefit, if you sign up for our email, you will receive a synopsis of what Monday's episode is about on the Sunday before, Plus, you'll get any links we share and behind-the-scenes photos delivered to your email on the Monday after the episode is released. In the meantime, have a fantastic week, and as my friend would always say, Arrivederci.